Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. Today is super fun because we are actually doing a requested episode. I got a message on Instagram, and somebody was just asking me to speak to this, um, so I'm going to because I have some things to say. So if there is a podcast episode you'd like to request, uh, please do not hesitate. Go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram. My DMs are open. Um, I am a little slow about getting back to them usually, but um, I, I read most of them. So go ahead and message me over there if you have a requested topic. So today we're going to be talking about self-diagnosis and what to do if your self-diagnosis is wrong. So if you're a little unclear about self-diagnosis, what it is, why it's so valid, all of that stuff, I have a whole episode about that that I will link to in the show notes. But just as a brief overview, um, basically self-diagnosis is really valid for a couple of reasons. First of all, professional diagnosis is not financially accessible for many, many people. Um, and we don't use classist barriers to keep people out of identities around here. So um, that's a big reason. But another big reason is because neurodivergent identities are exactly that. They are identities. They are not diseases. Does that make sense? So you don't need a doctor to tell you that you have an identity, just the same way that you don't need a doctor to tell you if you're pansexual, you know? It's an identity that you come to find on your own. As a note, uh, me saying that neurodivergent identities are identities rather than diseases is not me dismissing the disability aspect of being neurodivergent. So I don't want you to think that I'm saying this means neurodivergent people never struggle or our struggles aren't that bad or anything like that. That is not the vibe. I'm just saying it's it's much more similar to an identity than it is to a disease. So uh, just throwing that out there. So self-diagnosis, totally valid, totally accepted in huge parts of the neurodivergent community. Um, that being said, what happens if you're wrong? And this is hard. <laughs> this is really, this is very difficult, but it's really important that we talk about it. And I actually have some personal experience with this. So let's dive on into my story and then we'll talk about some lessons learned and uh, what you can do if you start to realize, oh no, um, my self-diagnosis might not be correct. So let's rewind about 11 years to 18-year-old Megan. I had just left for college, and prior to college, I had had some experiences with like what I would consider pretty mild to moderate depression, um, but it was always fleeting, it was always uh, manageable, and the environment I was in before I left for college was not really one where we explored our feelings very much, so I kind of just ignored it and moved on. Um, then I got to college and I was out of that environment um, and I started paying more attention to my feelings and also my depression got significantly worse. Um, so I 
I basically spiraled for about a year before I finally was like, I need some like this. This is getting ridiculous. I need some help. So I uh, went to the counseling website for my university and there was a depression screener and I was like, okay. So I took it and at the end they were like, Hey, you might have depression, but like you also might have bipolar disorder. And I was like, Oh, I hadn't considered that at all. But as soon as the idea was placed in my head, I clung onto it. Um, this diagnosis meant everything to me. Um, and I still can't totally tell you why. Like, why was bipolar? Why did that feel like such a better fit than the dep- depression? And it might be because I do have, um, like periods of highs and periods of lows that are pretty significant. And it may have just been that bipolar felt really right and depression felt a little incomplete. But for some reason, I was like, okay, this is what's going on. And the story that started forming in my head very, very quickly was either it's bipolar or you're faking and you're just like, like everyone else is like this too, but they can handle it and you can't. So I went to the counselor, I told her about my symptoms and quote for quote, word for word, this is what she said to me. She said, well, you certainly paint a very bipolar picture, which to me was very validating, but also like, are you saying that I'm painting the picture? Are you saying the picture just isn't bipolar, but like I'm making it look bipolar? Like I, I overthink a lot. So that was my response to that. But um, basically the, the truth is Uh, professionals really aren't supposed to diagnose bipolar disorder in like one or two meetings. I know they kind of have to for insurance purposes and stuff. That's really frustrating. Um, But bipolar is supposed to be diagnosed over a relatively long period of time because um, contrary to the stereotype that says, you know, bipolar, folks with bipolar experience like 18 million moods in 30 minutes. That's really not very accurate. Um, Instead, bipolar is defined by uh, clear episodes of mania or hypomania, which is like mania, but usually a little less dangerous, um, and depression. And these episodes, the depressive episodes have to last at least two weeks, and the manic episodes have to last, I think, four days for mania and uh, 10 days for hypomania, maybe it's been a while. Um, but the truth is it's not about these like daily mood swings. It's more about these cyclical episodes, but I was so desperate, um, to have my self-diagnosis confirmed and supported and so afraid of them saying, no, you don't have bipolar. You're actually just like this huge whiny baby. Um, (laughs) I really pushed and they did diagnose me with bipolar pretty quickly, uh, bipolar type two. So the one that involves hypomania rather than full-blown mania. Um, And I lived with that diagnosis for about five years. And the whole time, I never stopped doubting it. Never. Uh, I was always afraid I was wrong. I was always like, I just don't feel extreme enough to have bipolar disorder. Like, my depressions are really weird. I feel like I experience more mixed episodes than anything. And um, 
which a mixed episode is when you have kind of the energy of mania, but the thoughts and feelings of depression, it's hell. Um, not that, like I said, I don't actually have bipolar disorder, so I guess I wouldn't know for sure, but I have experienced the energy of mania with the thoughts and feelings of depression, and it, it does suck quite a bit. Um, but anyway, I for five years, I never stopped doubting it, but I was never in a position where I felt safe enough to really, really address the possibility that it might not be bipolar. Because remember, in my head, there were only two options. It's bipolar or I'm a whiny bitch. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't handle that. That was way too much of a threat to my sense of self, which was already shaky as shit. So what happened? How did I finally realize it was a misdiagnosis? And how did I handle that when that finally happened? Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I just wanted to interrupt this episode really quick to tell you all about the Neurodivergent Magic program. This is a program designed to help you cope with executive dysfunction, which is something that almost every neurodivergent person experiences. If you don't know, executive dysfunction is a lot of things, but basically it boils down to you want to do the thing, you are trying to do the thing, and you just can't and you feel awful. What this program, the Neurodivergent Magic Program does is it helps you cope with executive dysfunction through a combination of practical and emotional tools. We'll cover body doubling and building momentum, but we'll also talk about the shame that is often deeply rooted in a lot of neurodivergent people because we grew up in a neurotypical society that wasn't accepting of us. And if you're thinking, what in the world does shame have to do with executive dysfunction? Um, kind of everything. And I would love to teach you about it. So this is a program where the whole goal is to teach you to get shit done in 24 hours or less. So if you are really struggling with your ability to accomplish tasks and to feel good about it, that is what this program is designed to help you with. And I can't wait to see you there. Check out the show notes for the link to join or send me an email at megan at neurodivergentmagic.com. So... Basically, I had to switch therapists because I moved. Uh, I had been seeing the same therapist for years at college, but I graduated and I moved back home and I had to switch therapists. And I saw a new therapist who was more trauma informed than the therapist I had been seeing at school. And she pretty much immediately was like, her exact words were, if you have bipolar, it's a very odd version of bipolar. I was like, oh. And she was like, I think these mood swings you're noticing are actually triggers, like trauma triggers. I don't think your moods are random. I think they're being triggered by things that you think are too small and insignificant to really cause such a big mood swing. But that's, that's the thing about trauma, like disproportionate responses based on past experience. So I want to point out something very important here. When I realized and when I was finally able to accept that the bipolar truly was a misdiagnosis, I was presented with an alternative. I was given another explanation. Because here's the thing, we're going to jump into the life lessons real quick. We can get back to the story in just a minute, but that really is the gist of it. Um, when you self-diagnose with something, anything, you are looking for an answer to a problem. You are looking for an explanation 
for the presence of symptoms. And that matters. <laughs> you know, that matters. And I think the problem that a lot of people are experiencing in the neurodivergent community is that they self-diagnose with, you know, autism, bipolar, whatever it is. And then they go to the doctor and the doctor says, no, you couldn't possibly have that because of, you know, XYZ reductionist stupid stereotype, right? Um, and then the doctor doesn't give an alternative explanation. It's like, okay, great. So I don't have, you know, um, I don't have borderline personality disorder, but then why am I experiencing splitting? Why am I experiencing such intense emotional highs and lows? Why, where are these symptoms coming from if they're not coming from that? And I think that <laughs> so many doctors are basically like, well, you are just kind of a whiny baby. This is part of why I don't love the over-reliance on professionals to, di to diagnose us because I don't think most doctors would not look you in your face and say you're being a whiny baby. Although I have heard horror stories. I know that this happens sometimes. Most doctors are just thinking, oh, you saw this stuff online. You're over-identifying with it. Like in reality, you are experiencing some very human things that are painful because being a human is hard sometimes. Like, I don't think most doctors are out there to be dismissive assholes, but that is often the impact, right? Even if that's not their intent. And so, okay, back to the story and we'll get back to the life lessons, I promise. Um, basically, when I found out that the bipolar was a misdiagnosis, I experienced a lot of grief, but also a lot of relief. It was both for me. So the grief came from, I've been identifying with bipolar for five years. I have written poems about my experience as a bipolar person. I have made this a huge part of my identity. And now you're telling me I have to let it go? Like, that was brutal. That was really hard. At the same time, I felt a lot of relief because, as I mentioned before, I had never really stopped doubting the bipolar diagnosis. There was always a part of my brain that was like, you're faking, you stupid bitch. It's not real. Um, and so there was a part of me that felt very like relieved to be done with that limbo of back and forth. Like, is it real? Is it not? And to just know, no, this isn't accurate. And to just be done with that. And then also the relief came from knowing oh my gosh, my moods have causes, which means there's something I can do. I can heal this stuff. Not that there's nothing you can do about bipolar disorder, by the way, but none of the treatments for bipolar had been working on me. And so I felt like there was no solution. Lo and behold, none of the treatments had been working because I didn't have bipolar, right? So... <laughs> uh, kind of a confusing situation for a person to be in. Um, but... That that is how I felt. And so if if you are self-diagnosed or were self-diagnosed with anything, right? And you went to the doctor and they basically told you no, that's inaccurate. Here are some of the lessons I want you to take from my story. Number 1 is this doctor should give you a reasonable explanation or alternative for the self-diagnosis that you you had previously assigned to yourself. So if 
you have been relating to a lot of my content about autism and you're pretty convinced you're autistic, but you go in and the doctor says, no, you can't be autistic because you made eye contact with me for about 0.5 seconds at the beginning of this experience. Um, that's not a valid alternative, right? <laughs> they didn't say, oh, you couldn't be autistic because of this. And I think what's actually going on is this. They just said, no, you can't be autistic because of this stereotype. Um, so if your doctor <laughs> isn't helping you get better, they're not doing their job, right? Their job is not to say, you're fine, go home, <laughs> right? You are struggling enough to come to a professional for help. So you deserve to receive that Life lesson number two that I didn't necessarily learn from my experience with the bipolar, but I have learned from my experience exploring my autism and my ADHD and being dismissed by doctors in the process, um, which we can talk about that. That's a whole other story, um, <laughs> is that doctors can be wrong. They have a lot of training and a lot of expertise, and that matters, and I'm not dismissing it. However, a lot of professionals, uh, therapists especially, but including psychiatrists, um, they receive one to two hours of training on neurodivergence in general. And that is it. Neurodivergence covers traumatic brain injury, personality disorders, tick disorders, uh, literally so much stuff, and they get one to two hours on all of it combined. So if you've done more than a couple of hours of research, there is a chance that you know a little more than your doctor. And I'm not saying you should dismiss their opinion entirely. I'm just saying stand up for yourself, advocate for yourself, and don't let them use stereotypes to dismiss you. All right. Life lesson number three comes from the perspective of, you know, more what happened to me with the bipolar disorder. Uh, what if you have this self-diagnosis, but you've gone back and forth, you're really unsure, you go to this doctor and they do provide a reasonable alternative um, and you feel very relieved to be like, okay, I know what's going on. I was wrong, but that's okay because now I have a good explanation. The life lesson I want you to take here if you're coming from that perspective is like, please don't beat yourself up for being wrong. Okay. This is difficult. Just like I was mentioning with the, you know, like sexual orientation identities, it can take some time to figure out where you fit. Plenty of people, you know, describe themselves as a lesbian for a couple of years only to find out that they're actually bisexual, you know, or or vice versa, you know, and that's completely fine and valid. It can take time to figure out what's going on in your brain. And um, there is no shame in self-diagnosing and being wrong, okay? No shame at all. Finally, I just want to offer this. If you are currently still in the headspace that I was in a couple years ago where it's like either it's this specific diagnosis or I am faking, um, this is black and white thinking. It goes hand in hand with a lot of forms of neurodivergence. So uh, you are not alone. I still struggle with a lot of black and white thinking. Um, but I just want to gently remind you that although this dichotomy feels very real in your head, um, that's not what's going on. 
Diagnosis is very tricky. It is much more of an art form than a science. Now, this doesn't mean labels don't matter because they do. What it does mean is that these diagnoses were not handed down from on high. They are not objective categories. They are collections of traits and symptoms that categorize certain presentations of like a lived experience. And it's okay if you don't fit super neatly into one box. First of all, there might be more than one thing going on, right? Like that's what happened with me. Like I thought I had kind of a strange form of autism. No, I'm autistic and ADHD and that's what's going on, right? Um, so there might be more than one thing going on. You know, that is possible. But also you may just not fit neatly into the box and that doesn't mean your struggles aren't real doesn't mean you're faking. It doesn't mean mean that you're whiny. And it doesn't mean that other people are just handling life better than you. Okay. If you are struggling, you are struggling and that is okay. And I, people tried to tell me this, specifically my then boyfriend, now husband, tried very hard to tell me all of this when I was in the throes of the, am I bipolar or am I stupid? You know, like all this stuff. He tried really hard to tell me this stuff and I simply could not receive it because I was so afraid. Um, and that had a lot to do with my trauma and whatnot. But, um, so I understand if you can't receive this right now, but maybe save this episode and listen to it back in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And, uh, See if maybe you can receive it then because the truth is your struggles are valid no matter what the label is and the label can help you get the help that you need, but it cannot save you from your struggles. And I know that's a hard line to walk for those of us with black and white thinking, but um, it's very true. And I just hope that this episode has been helpful. Yeah, uh, that is my bipolar misdiagnosis journey. And um, I really hope it helps anybody who's self-diagnosed and is not receiving confirmation from their doctors on that self-diagnosis. I hope that this helps you. Um, And I think that's really all I've got. So I will talk to you all next Saturday. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.